Welcome back to Good Neighbor Pharmacy Connect, a podcast dedicated to the leadership and innovation of independent pharmacy across the United States. I'm your host, Justin Baker, a business coach with Amerisource Bergen. So what's today's topic? You know, we, we thought about calling it COVID-19 best practices, but really, you know, what this is, it's a reflection over the last 24 months and what we've learned. And in doing so, you know, today's going to be a little bit different. Instead of the typical countertop chat, I'm going to be joined by one of my peers and esteemed colleagues, Brandon Antonopoulos, another business coach in the Northeast, for our latest Podcast Connect and what I want to call a cozy fireside chat. So, drum roll. I'm very excited to have Brandon. I'm going to let him make his introduction before we kick this off. Brandon, go ahead. Thanks, Justin. Hi, everyone out there. Uh, excited to be here. Um, so we have Brandon Antonopoulos, also Good Neighbor Pharmacy business coach. Uh, I am a pharmacist, independent pharmacy, born and raised. Uh, you know, my father, he worked for independent pharmacies and chain pharmacies in our community. You know, where my first job was putting away the, the end of day reports on the hanging file folders and greeting the folks as they came into the pharmacy. I'm sure just saying that some of you were thinking back and hearing that loud printer going off at the end of the day, printing those out. Oddly enough, did not want to become a pharmacist, uh, did not want to go to school for six years. So that counted out pharmacy. Um, I, I was good at math, uh, eventually graduated from Penn State University with a bachelor's in accounting. And it was after coming back and still working on my family's pharmacy after that while looking for accounting jobs that I realized, um, you know, maybe I do want to become a pharmacist. So uh, thankfully, worked hard and, and applied to the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy, where I finished out my PharmD degree there. Looking back in my time at Pitt Pharmacy, there was always a constant theme to my interest in the projects and the topics I gravitated towards, you know, helping independent pharmacists implement services and get paid for it. Uh, you know, all my projects, organization involvement, student, intern, eventually resident and pharmacist revolved around this. Uh, after eventually managing my family's pharmacy for a few years, I returned back to Pitt Pharmacy uh, as a senior program manager where I served as a project liaison you know, between the school and their community pharmacy partners, amongst other responsibilities. Uh, it was during this time, you know, we became one of the initial cohorts for CPSN's Flip the Pharmacy program. Uh, I was a Flip the Pharmacy coach, as well as a coach lead for Team Pennsylvania, uh, it was during that time that I realized I wanted to make coaching independent pharmacies my full-time job. Uh, thankfully, uh, when I came to that realization, Marisource Bergen was hiring for a good neighbor pharmacy business coach in my area. Now I get the chance to live out my, my life's purpose, honestly, as a business coach with GMP, uh, creating opportunities for pharmacists to take care of their communities, make sure that they're paid to do so. Uh, my family's pharmacy eventually closed in 2019 uh, due to the same pressures as many other owners out there face. Uh, day in, day out. Uh, so for me, it's it's a bit personal, uh, but through the successes and the lessons learned from the failures along the way, I'm driven to get out there and meet with our owners uh, so that no one else has to suffer the same fate as my family's pharmacy did. Uh, biggest lesson learned, the constant need to change and evolve. And, and I believe that's what we're going to talk a lot about today. Yeah, Brandon, when we talk about an introduction, that's that's pretty impactful. You know, not only growing up in a pharmacy, working in a pharmacy, but also uh, having the great uh, fortune to do what you love uh, by helping other independents is, is really cool. 
You know, one of the takeaways also when we talked about that need for change and, you know, little did you know that that experience in Flip the Pharmacy, you know, I would say the last 24 months was a whole nother Flip the Pharmacy, if you will. <laughs> yep. You know, we, we had uh, pharmacy owners, like you said, 2019, where, where do we go? PBM pressures, uh, all these external factors just, just crushing the pharmacy. Uh, then the pandemic hits. Okay. A lot of change. But a lot of those early adopters that said, you know what, we're going to we're going to vaccinate, we're going to do what we can to make this work and fought through the shutdowns and so on. You know, I think that those fared well. Then you had the wait and see, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen. Let's just wait and see. And then we had the people that were, you know what, this will be over in a few months. We're going to hold out. And really, there was those three different approaches. Uh, so what, what would you say, Brandon, you know, in your experience, when, when we talk about the people that were early adopters, the wait and sees, the holdouts, how have they kind of taken their business through this 24 months of pandemic? Yeah, sure. So great points and, and, and great question. You know, we used to do this exercise at pit pharmacy after, you know, every experience, anything like that. And and if there's any pit pharmacy grads recently, you know, they're, they're going to start chuckling and shaking their heads that I even bring it up, but it, it, it applies perfect to, to the scenario, what we face. So it was, it was this exercise of what, so what, now what, okay, what happened in the past two years? We're not going to spend a lot of time on that because we don't have to, we, everyone's lifted, everyone's experienced it. We, we know what happened. So what, so what did we learn from that? And now what? How do we take the learnings and we apply that to the future? So for me, the so what, you know, the difference maker I observed and learned from others, you know, was the ability to proactively plan and manage priorities, you know, versus reacting to priorities as they arise. Also, you know, staying informed, setting expectations versus being informed you know, by patients coming in your doors and you being the first one to hear about it from the, from the patient, as well as managing expectations of patients coming in and, and they, they arise. So what do I mean by that? You know, if, if, if I had the three key examples kind of where the early adopters seem to fare better throughout the past two years than, than the wait and see and the holdouts. And, and what I mean by fare better is probably just kind of, you know, stress in the day in, day out. Um, you know, managing what was thrown at them head on with little disruption to their workflow and to their business. And if, if any disruption really just capitalized on the opportunities that were there um, for their patients and for their business um, is around three things. The first being MedSync, MedSync, MedSync. You know, MedSync was the linchpin and the success to be able to manage anything throughout this and you know, needs to be a focus for everybody uh, moving forward after this. Uh, just to give you an example, when this whole thing started, you know, almost two years ago, you know, I, I was at home in front of the computer, still kind of learning what all that meant. And a friend of mine uh, that owned a pharmacy in a town, a couple towns over from mine, you know, I texted her and said, hey, I, I got some free time on my hands right now. <laughs> And, I, and I'm sure things are a little bit crazy in the pharmacy. So if you if you need some help or anything like that, getting caught up, 
you know, let, let me know and I'll come down and help you. Uh, and she said, thanks. And then two hours goes by and she goes, uh, you know what? Can, I'll actually take you up on that. Can you come down and, and help check scripts while, while we just get caught up on things? And, and, and so I did. Um, but, but really this was a pharmacy that, you know, over 80% of her scripts go through MedSync and, you know, it was a week and a half maybe that I was there helping out as the rest of the staff was just proactively reaching out to patients, telling them changes, how to engage, interact with the pharmacy, get their medications, you know, what services were coming. Then after that week and a half, she was like, all right, Brandon, I don't need you anymore. Go, go back home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and, and that was a little bit of a different story that I heard from other colleagues and peers, um, you know, that didn't have as much uh, of their workflow going through MedSync. And, and as I became, you know, in this role as a, as a good neighbor pharmacy business coach, you know, same thing, those with majority of their prescriptions, you know, that 80% or more going through that medication synchronization process, they, they were the ones that were proactively managing their work and, and able to um, react to conditions from the pandemic a lot better than those that, that did not. Uh, and as part of that, you know, I already mentioned communicating those expectations of the pharmacy experience to patients, um, you know, anything through, you know, digital marketing, social media, proactive outreach, uh, rather than um, letting the patients come up with expectations of their own of what that experience would look like or how they're supposed to get care or anything like that um, helped as well. And I think the third thing that um, I found was, you know, not letting perfection stand in the way of starting somewhere. Um, you know, for those that were in the wait and see, it was kind of, um, you know, not always just not interested. It was just kind of like, yeah, you know, this is going to be a challenge or I don't really know how to figure this out. So I'm, I'm just going to wait till, you know, it's spelled out or something like that. And, and the ones that actually fared better early on were the ones that said like, you know, what, I'm going to figure this out as, as, as we go. Uh, and again, not letting perfection stand in the way of starting somewhere. Yeah, I, I definitely love that. Um, I do hear all the time, we're going to slowly work our way into it, uh, into the MedSync realm, or, you know, we're going to slowly dip our toe into these these other things. But oftentimes that, that comes with, I'm waiting for this person to take it on. I'm waiting for somebody to show me uh, versus taking responsibility and ownership and just jumping in and getting it done. So, you know, those three things... I'm, I'm going to go back to the sync thing as well. But one thing you said about, you know, really the patient experience, their expectations, how they engage with the pharmacy. You're absolutely right. A lot of times we expect them to know you've been to a pharmacy before. You're supposed to know how to interact with us. Don't stand over there. The pickup's over there. Uh <laughs> you know, what, what do we, what do we say to training our patients, uh, to engage with us, you know, optimizing that experience with the pharmacy in these challenging times? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, this, I mean, this is a fascinating topic to me because, because you're absolutely right. And, and I don't know what the reason is, but for whatever reason, we, we've been able in pharmacy to just kind of expect that patients know how to utilize our services. Um, you know, maybe that was a good thing or early on, but think about it. Like you go out and you buy a car, you get a user's manual, you go sign up for, I don't know, some kind of gym membership or club membership or something. There's usually some sort of 
orientation, walkthrough, here's these machines, here's this, here's how you use this, if you ever need us, do this. And we've never, at least that I'm aware of, have had that in in pharmacy. Like nobody does like a new patient orientation to their pharmacy or gives them a manual or, or services. And, 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 and again, that, that could be, you know, looked at as a good thing uh, from an efficiency standpoint. I'm sure that's going to take a lot of time to go through every new patient, how to do that. But when, when we do that, you know, we allow the patients to come up with their own expectations of how to interact and, and engage, you know, so we saw a best practice from, from the, the pandemic, any pharmacy that is through any means necessary, whether it be telephone signage, um, social media channels, or, you know, their digital uh, online presence proactively communicating or kind of controlling the message, getting out to their patients of, okay, here's how you interact with us, or here's how we're going to continue to take care of you. Um, you know, the, they were the ones that telephones weren't constantly ringing or being bogged down and, and, you know, interrupting the staff and having to react and answer questions to that and, and getting it back to the med sync piece. You know, this was one of the things that, you know, seeing pharmacies as we were going through with, with flip the pharmacy program. Uh, and you know, the thing I loved about flip the pharmacy is, is it, it gave, there's so much evidence out there on MedSync and, and, and all this stuff and the need to change, you, you know, and it even frustrated me at times of everyone would say like, why should I do MedSync? I'm like, what do you mean? Why should you do MedSync? There, the evidence is out there. Right? We don't got to restudy this or anything like it's there. Like we got years of this stuff. And, you know, the flip the pharmacy program, they kind of took all that and, and, and put it in a stepwise fashion in front of everybody, not just for those CPSM pharmacies, but they made it accessible to everyone, you know, which was fantastic, too. But it was kind of like, OK, look, we're going to paint by numbers here. Here's the steps in which you start. And at the end of the two years, here's where, where we're going to finish. And, and I'm excited. You know, I won't give away too much, but just on the flip the pharmacy piece, um, I, I think we're going to have some exciting news. With with Amerisource and Good Neighbor Pharmacy and Flip the Pharmacy, I don't, I don't know if I'm giving away, you know, some te- teasers are going to get in trouble, but stay tuned. I think we're going to have some exciting announcements there down down the road. But as as we worked with pharmacies going through that, you know, what what we found or what we learned was that you know they were doing a good job of trying to set the expectations for their staff of like, hey, change is coming. We're going to work through this process. We're going to move from this you know um, traditional reactive refill model to more proactive, um, care centered model of, of our workflow, but they didn't alert the patients. So the patients came to expect, even though changes were happening, the same experience. And so we went back and the pharmacies were like, MedSync's not working. Okay. I'm signing up my patients for MedSync and they're, they're still calling in refills or doing this. And it was like, okay, well, do, do we did really do a good enough job of, you know, shouting to the mountaintops of our patient population that, you know, change is coming expect something different. Here's from now on how you should expect to engage with our pharmacies and ex- and what the experience is like in our pharmacy now as we move to this flip model. Um, so, you know, in anything we do moving forward uh, as the, okay, so what, now what, from what the pandemic has taught us, you know, really putting emphasis on proactively setting expectations to our patients of how to experience our services in the farm and the pharmacies. And even doing that is going to go a long way in anything that you try to implement or change moving, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about, you have a patient that's sitting in your, your waiting area, 
They've just gotten an immunization. They're practically there as a hostage for 15 minutes, right? Take that opportunity, and especially if they're, if they're new to your pharmacy, to sit down, understand the patient, and then let them know how you guys are going to work together to you know not only better their wellness, but also to let them know how, hey, if you would just work with us on these few things, we can get you in and out, and we'll take care of you. In a, in a great fashion. Uh, one thing you said about MedSync and, and really taking the prescription business to the patient, not waiting for the patient to come in and have that firefighting mentality. I think that set us up in, in those pharmacies that are doing a lot of MedSync for the staffing challenges that we're seeing today. I'm not going to say every pharmacy, but most pharmacies that we're engaging with today we're seeing staffing challenges and, you know, it's, it's very disruptive. And especially if we let that, you know, completely halt our business, uh, some, some places they don't have a choice. Uh, it's really, really bad, but the stores I've seen that have, you know, a ton of MedSync patients and they can't keep a clerk or they've lost a tech, it's not as bad. Right. Right. We can, we can, struggle through. Uh, so, you know, what are your thoughts around that? I, I think that um, that's just one of those benefits that comes along with being proactive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, again, you know, the documented benefits of the MedSync process that have been out there for a while and, 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 you know, the, the, the time aspect, you know, time for your staff to focus on other things. And whenever, you know, you have staff challenges, which many places have had in, in, in the past couple of years, uh, it, it allows you to bend a little bit more before you break, you know, or have a little bit more tolerance and responding and less stress of, of, of managing that process. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, again, I, I've kind of grew up in this focus and realm of more, you know, clinical service implementation, but let's just remove the opportunities to do clinical clinical services for a second. And let's just focus on the workflow. You know, medication synchronization, just as a workflow, is more operationally efficient, better inventory management, less of the, the staffing resources needed um, just to fill medications than the traditional refill model is. So for me, I've been encouraging more places, you know, as as we continue on and look forward to what, okay, what's our goals for 2022 and beyond? If if your workflow is not one that's based in in appointment based medication synchronization, that should be priority number one for you this year. Because anything else moving forward, I'm convinced the success of your pharmacy and your business is going to have to be grounded in that process. And and I'm not talking, you know, MedSync program. And, and, you know, that's that's what we've done a lot in the industry, you know, places that have started MedSync programs and they've gradually enrolled patients and build it up to eventually, you know, they get the majority of their patients on medication synchronization. And, and that's worked for very uh, great pharmacies and, and they're successful now, you know, because of it. But I encourage everyone, the time is gone for, for implementing MedSync programs and this start logo slow mentality for MedSync. I mean, there's too much at stake that, and that, that we need to get our entire workflows being 
appointment-based medication synchronization. And, and when I say appointment-based, you know, I, I'm, you know, not thinking, you know, back to my academic days where, you know, every patient that comes in to get their meds gets, uh, you know, sit down 30 second appointment with the pharmacist to talk over stuff. Like it doesn't have to be that really uh, the, the, the key pieces of that model is that five to seven day call ahead of time. The patient's going to expect that someone from the pharmacy is going to call and say, Hey, Mr. Jones, we're getting your meds ready for you. Here's what we have due to fill for you. Is there anything else you need? Um, have you been in the hospital? Uh, any changes in your medications from your doctor visit? Any questions for the pharmacist that come in? Oh, and by the way, when you come in, just expect that our pharmacist, Justin, uh, he's going to want to talk to you for five minutes, uh, you know, specifically about n- pneumonia vaccines and, and to see if, if you need one. Um, oh, you, you don't know if you have one already? Well, you know, we'll do some homework to see if you need it. But would you like me just to get it ready for you now, just in case? OK, we'll have that immunization ready for you whenever you come in. And as part of that process is that the pharmacist works it up, you know, they're utilizing subjective and objective information in front of them to make those assessments in those plans for that brief period of time whenever the patient's in there. And it only has to be, you know, anything from, hey, Mr. Jones, I see everything's well. Any questions for me? No. Okay, great. I'll see you next month. And that's it. It's just that expectation that every single time that they get their meds, they're going to have an opportunity to interact with a pharmacist. And, you know, even in the the other example, the the pneumonia example, what's that take? You know, five minute interaction at the counter in a a semi-private space. You know, I, I would take 12 five minute encounters over the course of the year over one 60 minute one and done comprehensive review any day of the week. Is, is what I would take. Um, so again, aside from more operational efficiency of MedSync, I, I really hope that our industry, you know, independent pharmacy makes this push that it now just becomes our workflow. It's no longer MedSync program, enrolling patients in MedSync, appointment-based medication synchronization is now the workflow in which every pharmacy uses just to fill medications and, and take care of patients. I'll get off my soapbox now. I could go on for this. This has been a passion of mine uh, for for years and years. But, you know, uh, again, I I, I hope that's where we get to. It's better for business. It's better for our patients. And it's really going to be the foundation of what we need to evolve and beyond 2022. Yeah, Brandon, you you set the stage. Uh, Definitely sense of urgency there. Um, I was thinking as you were talking about that. A conversation I had with a store owner doing about 200,000 prescriptions annually. And, you know, their challenge is DIR fees. The industry is, is being hit hard by those. And, you know, how do we get more adherent? How do we get MedSync implemented? And they see it as this monster that seems so hard to take on when you're that large. And to your point, we have to rip the Band-Aid off. We have to get that step-by-step model, and we have, to, we have to just go. Don't let perfection stand in the way. So we have talked about MedSync. We've talked about setting those patient expectations. You know, how do they engage with the pharmacy? We've talked about, you know, what are the benefits of implementing MedSync uh, in this current patient staffing environment? And, you know, lastly, I want to talk about some observations, some things we've learned with the patient population. What do they expect from an independent pharmacy now? 
you know, has that changed? Yeah, it has changed. Um, and, and if you take a look at the JD Power rankings and the survey that goes out about community pharmacy each year, one of the things you'll see is, you know, patients are more and more expecting clinical services or health and wellness services, you know, from the community pharmacies. Well, not so much with immunization. I say majority of the pharmacies were doing immunizations, even though there were still some holdouts there. Um, but point of care testing, other services like that, few and far between you would see it, or maybe some states where, you know, state regulations allowed more of wraparound service around point of care testing. We're a little bit further ahead than some other states. But now throughout this, I mean, patients expect whether regulation allows it or not, that you're going to go to a pharmacy and get some type of point of care service, um, you know, through the testing, through vaccinations. And, and, and I'm sure that's only going to continue to grow. You know, we see the industry moving towards that model. But again, the, the challenge is, you know, places will implement it and, and they do it with this, you know, if we build it, they will come. Like, no, you got to build it. Like, that's part of it. But you, you got to let people know that you do it um, and, 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 and do it well. You know, this has been an opportunity where new patients have come in the doors of independent pharmacies that wouldn't otherwise go there so they could get immunizations or a lot of this test. And, and it was a nice opportunity where they were like, oh, wow, I, you know, this was one of the easiest experiences I've ever had. Like, well, perfect. Why don't you let us take care of all your medication needs and, 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 and everything? And, and just the same level of service that you got from, you know, getting this, this COVID vaccine or, or this COVID test um, from us, that's how, you know, we treat the whole entire patient experience here. And again, the expectations have been elevated of community pharmacy now to have a, a clinical focus, um, to be able to implement these things and not just have the be another side off program. Again, medication synchronization is only going to help that. Um, so important there. But it, if you're still on the sidelines thinking like, yeah, I don't know, or you know, the, the regulations are kind of tough. Hey, patients are expecting, expecting you to be able to offer it. And, and if you don't, and if you don't make aware that you offer uh, some kind of health and wellness service, um, you know, you're going to lose them. So that's, that's what I think the one thing we learned, you know, through the, you know, expectations of, of patients of independent pharmacy through this is that you, you got to be doing more than just filling prescriptions. Um, you know, we've been saying that, you know, again, that that was one of the things that the failures at my family's pharmacy had to learn. Um, the, the more that you can rely on revenue outside of just prescription dispensing, the the better your pharmacy and pharmacy business is going to be. And, and the more you're going to be able to weather the storm of all the, you know, dispensing pressures and stuff that our industry uh, faces as well. You know, Brandon, when when you talk about some of those lessons learned, um, everything outside of the traditional dispensing model is we have to make money and survive on in the traditional retail pharmacy. It's kind of crazy, right? But I am I am optimistic about the future of pharmacy, and I know you are as well. Uh, I think as long as we're implementing what the patients want, uh, the prescribers expect you to be able to sync their patients. Um, they're trying to manage a chronic patient, and they need pharmacy and pharmacist help to do that. Implementing those other services, immunizations, point-of-care testing, all of those things that give the pharmacy that shot in the arm that we need uh, so we're not relying on that PBM revenue. But, you know, in the beginning, 
we, we set the stage. We said, we're going to let you know some things, uh, take some notes. Uh, Brandon, in your mind, as we exit this podcast, what are the audience action steps? What can they do different in their pharmacy next week? Sure. So the first thing I would say is, you know, make a plan. We're still in the first quarter of 2022. You know, for us as coaches, this is this is annual review and annual goal time that we're doing with with our pharmacy customers that we meet with. Um, I would encourage you all listening to do the same thing. And, you know, again, as you can tell, you can hear my bias. I'm going to tell you what the number one goal should be. And it should be that medication synchronization workflow. Again, setting a plan and charting a course to transforming your workflow away from traditional refill model to one that's based in the appointment-based MedSync model. And, and there's a ton of resources out there, uh, again, because this stuff is well evidenced and, and documented. NCPA has resources. E- even us as the, the, the coaches, you know, we're a resource to help pharmacies uh, along with this journey too, um, flip the pharmacy as a, as I mentioned, you know all of their their materials and change packages are freely sourced and available to anyone. That's going to be step number one is is making that commitment that this is the year. Uh, the second thing I would tell you is set a date. When do you want to rip the bandaid off, or when do you want that switch to happen? Set that date and start doing your prep work ahead of time. You know, re-engage with your pharmacy dispensing systems and technologies to understand, um, you know, the role that they can play in MedSync. Kind of do your homework of what's out there. Um, prep your staff to say, hey, we're, we're going to be, our workflow is going to be a little different and everyone has a role to play. And here's what those roles are. You know, you can assign a champion or someone to be in charge of managing this process. But here, here's the challenge you want to avoid, because I've seen this happen too many times. The rest of the staff, when they hear assign a champion, they think it's that person's job and no one else's responsibility. And so it's it's their job to make sure everyone gets it done, but it's everyone's responsibility. So just, you know, cautious in that in the, in the, in the champion or the captain model uh, for, for doing this. Um, but also... Getting the patients ready, you know, you know, not not just messaging change, but think about physical change in your pharmacy as well. Because again, you know, these visual cues and these auditory cues, and letting the patients know that hey, I can come to expect a different experience for the better. That's just going to help you in that implementation process as well. Getting the prescribers involved, pretty much just letting your community know that hey, we're we're changing for the better in the way we do things above a level that you would come to expect of your typical pharmacy. And, and, and here's how we're going to, going to do it. And then measure the progress, you know, generally from, from what I hear and have seen, you know, 50 to 80% of your workflow going through that sync process is really where you start to see and feel the benefits. So, and, and this kind of is also where it deters a lot of people if they start out and they don't see the results right away they start to think that, um, you know, all that hard work and effort is, you know, starting to get lost or is not paying off. Keep at it. Um, again, once you get to over 50%, closer to 80% of your workflow is going through that process. That's where you start to see the the tangible financial benefits and feel the benefits um, as, as well. So again, make it a priority, set a date when you want to implement it and have a plan. Start to get your ducks in a row. Start to get your staff ready. And then as you rip that Band-Aid off and now you got that MedSync workflow, again, proactively managing the priorities as they arrive, not being reactionary or 
having your priorities determined for you in that process. Well, Brandon, I appreciate it. Those are fantastic observations. I know that uh, there's a lot of stores that can benefit uh, from our discussion today. Brandon, thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to speak with not only a, a peer, but a pharmacist and a friend. So I, I get all three in Brandon. So thank you for your expertise. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining the podcast today. And that's all for today's episode of Good Neighbor Pharmacy Connect. As always, you can send this to a friend or associate or maybe that captain in your pharmacy who needs to get this project started. Lastly, give us a follow wherever you find your podcast, whether it be Apple, uh, Google Play, Spotify. I look forward to our next countertop chat. Brandon, this has been great. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, this was this was fun. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. And thank you for everybody listening. Have a good one.